Kitty, you're muted. Kitty, you're muted. Oh, sorry. Gosh. Okay. That was such a good fade out from the music. Oh, get it straight, Kitty. Okay. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Big Tent USA. At Big Tent USA, we put democracy over partisanship. We're building a women-led voter coalition to protect the guardrails of democracy, ensure government accountability and transparency, and increase civic participation. We do have some upcoming events. We have a conversation with Rick Wilson, founder of the Lincoln Project, and Charlie Sykes, founder of The Bulwark, on April 26th at 7 p.m. Eastern time, should be a barn burner. Uh, May 2nd at noon, Sylvester Johnson from Vote Riders is returning to Big Tent USA to discuss the deliberate disenfranchisement of young voters that is sweeping state houses across the country. And at May 16th at noon Eastern time, Ballotpedia is joining us to talk about um, citizen-led uh, legislation. We are so excited to welcome back Kate Fellman. Kate is the founder and executive director of You Can Vote. Kate was born and bred in Minnesota, but moved to North Carolina in 20, 2005. And in two, 2013, when the Supreme Court rolled back key protections of the Voting Rights Act, Kate Fellman got to work. In early 2014, You Can Vote held its first volunteer training session. And today, You Can Vote has expanded to 80 counties, 60 counties and counting. There's a lot more to say about the growth and success of You Can Vote in North Carolina. So I will turn the call over to Kate. Please put your questions in the chat. Thanks, Kate. Yeah, thank you so much, Kitty and Vanessa and Big Tent for having me again. Um, I really appreciate coming up back and talking about civic engagement. It is our favorite sport. Uh, you can vote. And we believe uh, in a participatory democracy that um, reflects the all voices, represents all voices and reflects uh, the diversity uh, of our state. And so we started You Can Vote because we knew that voting laws were going to start changing now that we didn't have the protections of the Voting Rights Act and um, came very quickly to the decision uh, and realization that helping people exercise their right to vote, regardless of what the current barriers or challenges are, is uh, the way, the path forward to get out of this cycle of um, restrictive voting laws and to help us build a more inclusive and representative democracy here in North Carolina. So we've been at it. We've seen it since 2014 and we've seen lots of laws come and go and get struck down and be legal to have legal challenges and we've navigated it all. Um, and so, um, as you know, things have changed across other states as well. Um, you know, we're we're seeing a lot of what has you know, started here in North Carolina that is you know has spread out. Um, but thankfully, we've been at it and we have learned a lot and learned a lot of best practices and are just getting better and growing every year. Um, so hopefully we can not only impact and influence North Carolina voter participation, uh, but voter participation at large. So today I want to talk a little bit about what happened in 2022. Um, because that really informs our game plan for 23 and 24 and the work that we need to do. And we definitely have a lot of upcoming challenges to voting rights um, and our work. Um, but we know that we have built the base and the foundation um, to be able to weather the storm together. And then I'll make sure I have plenty of time for Q&A. 
Um, and let's just let's just get going. So over the past uh, almost 10 years, next year we'll be celebrating our 10 year, you can vote anniversary. We have registered over 65,000 voters. We have educated over a million North Carolinians. Uh, we've trained over 5,000 volunteers and we've uh, partnered with over 600 community organizations and institutions. And our nonpartisanship is really our superpower. It allows us to go everywhere, talk to everyone and bring everybody into this process. Uh, last year was challenging. You know, we were all coming back from COVID and trying to get everybody back out in the field and uh, back talking to our neighbors. And in a polarized political environment, this can be a challenge, but we overcame it. Uh, and we talked to folks at oh, almost 1,900 community voter registration events. So that is with our partners in the community, uh, in front of the Walmarts, uh, you know, at the festivals, uh, at you, you name it, we were there. And we presented in front of 366 classrooms, which always includes a voter registration or a pre-registration. Uh, we went inside eight community det county detention facilities and help folks who are incarcerated understand their right to vote, uh, get registered to vote, and request their absentee ballots if they were not going to be released by election day. That's very difficult work, um, but also very necessary because there are a lot of folks that are incarcerated that are eligible to vote. We've had changing eligibility for folks uh, with criminal records here in North Carolina. And so fact-based information brought directly to um, these voters is, is absolutely critical. And through all of the, these uh, events, we, we got to educate over 100,000 voters one-on-one, -on -one, face to face. And that resulted in uh, almost uh, 2,500 voter registration forms. And this is a big jump. I, I had wanted 20,000 forms in 2022, um, but I'm very proud of what we did accomplish because it was such a rebuilding and relearning uh, year. And people were really hesitant to talk to strangers and trust them with their voter registration form in this climate. And so we had to build back a lot of trust. 65% of these registrants were under 25 years old. Really, really proud of that. And North Carolina, unaffiliated, is the number one party in the state. Last April, it overtook Democrats and Republicans to be the number one party of registration. And young people more and more are either choosing to be unaffiliated or are just leaving it blank. And that assigns them as unaffiliated. Um, so those are the trends that we're seeing. We collected over 10,000 pledges to vote from folks who were already registered that we talked to, and they received a series of, of reminder texts and emails to uh, about deadlines, time to go vote, find your early voting location. So um, folks opted into these 56,000 plus reminders. Uh, we recruited, trained, and had 75 civic fellows with us uh, in the spring, fall, and summer uh, class semesters and periods. And um, they helped us reach students on their campuses and in the communities. And then we had 131 uh, voting rights ambassadors at early voting sites across the state during the 17-day early voting period. And these ambassadors uh, not only helped voters and answered their questions um, on the way in and out of voting, 
um, they called the voter hotline. We had the number one, uh, we're the number one organization for voter protection that called the voter hotline last year and lifted up those concerns of people being turned away uh, or problems at the polls with violence and fighting and, you know, weapons, you name it. <laughs> we were there watching and we reported it and we stopped trouble from spreading. And these ambassadors helped but people who came out of voting send over 22,000 relational get out the vote messages to folks in their networks, in their phone, in their group chats to send them to the poll. Say, hey, you can get registered at early voting. Come on down. And it's from a trusted messenger. So um, it's more like people are much more likely to be receptive to uh, text from a trusted messenger versus strangers text. So we're really proud of the work that we uh, pulled together for 2022, and we're a staff of 24, um, and a lot of those people joined us in 22. So I'm really proud of what our team is able to bring together, and we're continuing to grow. And so those are just a few little highlights of our team out and about. Uh, everyone looks good in orange is my joke, and I will stick by it. <laughs> I believe it's true. Uh, so... 2022 turnout. Uh, we have a lot of uh, competing views on turnout in, in 2022, but here's the here's the real deal, and here's how we look at turnout in 2022. So, our 2018 midterm turnout was 53%, which is great, but that was a national trend of young people and people participating in elections that that wave election of 2018. And because voting is a habit, um, the 2018 turnout led to 75% voter turnout in 2020. However, when we get to 2022, we, we dropped a little bit in turnout is 51%. That was also a national trend. Um, you know, it was not a lot of investment in North Carolina um, for turnout. Uh, we had some problems there. Um, so 51% turned out. So what does that mean for 2024? So let's let's look at the voting habit and how it happens. So here's 2020, all North Carolina voters here in orange, they had a 75% record turnout. That's great. But you can see if, if voters have voted in 2018, um, that, that was 15 points plus. They were much more likely to vote in 2020. Uh, if they voted in, in 2019, they were 21 points more likely to vote in 2020. And if they voted in both, it was um, even higher. It was almost 100% turnout if you'd voted in both 19 and 20, or in 19 and 18. But then look at how dramatic the increase is for young voters and new voters. So they had a great turnout of 60% in 2020. And if they voted in 18, 18 plus point turnout. If they voted in 19, 27. If they voted in both, they had a 32% increase in turnout. Look at that. They're catching up to everyone and they're outperforming the overall voter turnout in North Carolina. So voting is absolutely a habit. And the more we can help people vote in the years leading up to presidential election years, we're almost guaranteed that they will show up in that presidential election year when the noise is everywhere and the turnout operations are everywhere. Um, so our work in these off-year elections and midterm elections is just so critical to building that voting habit. And so let's see what uh, a 5% drop in 2022 young voters, what does that mean? <laughs> well, that is, those are about 48,000 young people in North Carolina. They're going to head into 2024 without 
having that practice, without having that habit built. So they haven't found their polling place or early voting location. That is a learning step that they need to take. Um, they haven't researched their candidates or sample ballots. And they haven't updated updated their voter registration if they have moved, if they happen to vote in 2020, and if they've moved, which everybody pretty much has, especially if you're under 25, we need an updated voter registration so that they're going into 24 um, ready to vote where they live. Uh, and 48,000 is a lot of young people. There's a lot of people we have to talk to. Um, our, the 2016 governor's race was decided by 10,000 votes. The 2008 presidential election here was decided by 10,000 votes. So it, there's a lot, um, North Carolina elections are very close. And that's why we think there are no off years or no off elections. If you have an election in your town or city, um, you need to participate in, in it and we can help. Um, so that's why this year we're using the local elections and the 2024 primary that is scheduled here for May to build that habit of voting. We're not letting those elections just go to waste. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to turn people out for that because we know that that will almost guarantee that they're voting in 2024. And we're going to support our boards of elections and lo the local budgets for the boards of elections and, the, and some advocacy because it takes money to run great elections and they need good poll workers and they need to know the rules. And if we're going to have rapidly changing rules, we need to make sure that we're in real sync with our boards of elections in terms of training um, and messaging. This year, we also have to keep it super, super simple. <laughs> All we need to do is register voters. We just need to get them registered. We can't confuse them. Um, we really want to avoid doing harm because things are, are expected to change rapidly in terms of eligibility, rules, new maps, photo ID is expected. Um, so we're not trying to like say the sky is falling when we talk to a voter that might not know we're voting this year. We're keeping it simple, updating their registration, and then making sure they have resources so that they can go vote. And we're really expanding our capacity in terms of communication and our field team because we know we are going to need to pivot on a dime to quickly educate the public on changes to the voting laws and make sure everybody is on the same on the same page and doing no harm in the community using old materials or old rules. North Carolina elections are extremely close, especially local elections. Uh, these five voters could have decided an election in their city or town. <laughs> um, we, some are decided by a coin toss, so um, it all matters. And so we know we have to grow over these next two years. Um, and right now, we need to grow right now. <laughs> so we're um, currently actively trying to get volunteers back in the door, give them skills. We need their help to reach more voters. We have to talk to and find all of these young voters, those 48,000 voters. We got to talk to them. Um, so we're, we're gathering partners, we're recruiting staff, we're hiring fellows for uh, this fall. And we're also raising money because North Carolina is going to be in a very uh, precarious place here with new rules targeting uh, voters. Uh, especially young voters, voters of color, uh, people with disabilities, we really need to support them in successfully casting their ballots. So we need to hire and it takes time to learn these complex rules on just accurately filling out voter registration forms, let alone 
if we have to explain ID and help people through that. So we are um, currently in uh, growth mode and raising money, hiring people, getting volunteers in the door to practice this so that they can be experts um, by 2024. Another thing that's really important to remember is that voter apathy is a myth. It is a myth, especially when we're talking about new voters, um, because all we need to do is help them vote. <laughs> and to do this, they, since they're new, they don't always know how to accurately complete a voter registration application, especially if it's a campus ap application. They're very detailed how the Board of Elections want cap dorms um, and students to register to vote. So accurate voter registration forms turned in on time are a necessity. Learning the three ways to vote and the best option is where you're going to be at election time when we're voting. Um, students might think that they want to vote in their home state or in their home county, but that's stamps. That's more deadlines. That's more paperwork. That's more paying attention to a lot of details to make it count. Um, the best way to make your vote count is by registering where you'll be at election time. We have to help folks understand the duties of local and state elected offices. Um, if you don't know what your mayor or city council does or what their powers are, you might not think that you, there's a reason to participate. Uh, so we have to teach people that these are really important uh, offices that impact your daily life. And then we have to help them make a plan to vote and follow up with those reminders. Really need to help young people you know, do it. Voting is like taking out the trash. <laughs> it's not always exciting. Going to the dentist, not always exciting, but it's something that has to be done and it's something you do. So some people like us are very excited about going and casting our ballot, but we are the very, uh, very much the minority of people. People just vote because they, they know how to do it and they've done it before. So that's what we're trying to um, help people understand who want to increase voter turnout. And so we're, that's why we train folks and we mobilize them um, and give them the tools to register, educate, and get out the vote in their own communities. And so how we really do this, um, when you teach people what their local elected offices do and tell them, like, this is coming up, did you know that? Most people say no. <laughs> um, people don't know what, what these local offices do. And once they do understand how those powers connect with what they care about, they are much more likely to be interested and excited about voting. So school board members are on our ballot this year. And the way we talk about school board members is that they're in charge of your school district. They approve school construction, renovation, management, and set the student discipline policy. So this looks like they decide where to build new schools. They draw the school district maps and decide which students go to what schools. Uh, they decide the discipline policies and the enforcement policies. They can hire and fire superintendents and they fund and pay for the school nurses, the educators, the bus drivers, the cafeteria staff, and they can choose to buy new or update the playground equipment. So if you've got somebody who um, has kids in school, uh, we can easily talk to them about school board members. You should know who they are. They're in your community. You can directly, um, um, they should listen to you. And then mayors and city council members, um, they handle a lot of things that, that our local people care about, like deciding non-discrimination policies or offer additional protections for LGBTQ people. Um, they can decide the removal of statues from city grounds. 
They can decide to protect green spaces, to fund city parks, to add bike lanes. So if you care about climate change, you can start locally at, at your city council. They plan for affordable housing units and they can invest in new or improved affordable housing. They create yeah. local jobs. And they can fund police officers or can adopt alternate community safety programs. So this is how we talk about uh, local elections in a very nonpartisan way. You can see I don't mention any candidate. It's for up to the voters to decide um, what, you know, what candidate aligns with their values. But most people do not know this and they don't know when and where to vote. So by connecting those dots for folks and then giving them a reminder and an updated registration, um, it makes it happen. And then, of course, we have a huge ballot in 2024 with all sorts of uh, Council of State offices, the governor's race, lieutenant governor, Congress, president. We do not have a Senate race this year. Um, so the governor's race and the presidential race will probably get the most attention. And that that can lead to like when we get close to the election, people are really sick of it because of all the commercials and they're just going to get a, you know, a little uh, bothered <laughs> by national campaigns. But that's why this look polling people local and, and talking about your legislature and your local offices and your local school board can really help them if, if they're really upset about what's going on nationally that that's closer to the home, it feels more tangible that they can actually make a difference and vote for their um, good local representatives. Um, another program that we're um, using to address this um, habit of voting <laughs> is our program Activate. We developed this curriculum. Um, in our previous slide, I talked about 366 classroom presentations. A lot of those were high schools and colleges. And so we've tied um, our, our content to North Carolina curriculum standards and in this new program called Activate. So um, we teach young people to seek out trusted information, to make personal connections and take civic action. Um, so understanding how they can change government and policy through civic participation, um, knowing the relationship between government um, and individual liberty. This is part of the curriculum. Um, identifying offices at their powers of local, state, and federal levels. We have a game called Levels of Government. We also have a game called Vote With Your Feet. Very fun. <laughs> and know where to seek out fact-based information, navigate the election process. And of course, these all come with registration and pre-registration. Um, at the end. So these are 55 minute workshops that we are um, we're implementing across whole districts or just individual high schools across the state. And it's really exciting. The students really love it um, because we get them up and we involve them in their learning and we ask them questions. Um, and then afterwards they get registered and they're much more likely to care about that registration form and getting registered um, after they go through one of these workshops with our staff. And then our Civics Fellow Program, we started this uh, in 2019 um, and in 2020 it really exploded. We had a lot of fellows because we needed to reach a lot of young people. Um, and now we are in um, another year, another round. We pay our fellows because young people deserve uh, paid internships and paid fellowships. 
And this is hard work. You got, they got to get out of their comfort zone and go talk to strangers. Um, but we give them great skills and they help us uh, do so much work and good work on their campuses. Um, we're taking applications now. We're bringing folks on in August. Our goal is to have them work the entire school year because there's two elections in a lot of places, um, the fall election and the primary election. And then we'll keep um, we'll keep some and hire some for the 24 election in the fall. Um, so this is our kind of our pipeline of leadership development so that we can grow the next generation of civic leaders across the state. And then we'll be facilitating once again, the North Carolina Campus Challenge. You can vote and all in Democracy Challenge um, developed a specific North Carolina voting challenge back in 2020 and in 2022, NC Campus Engagement, another nonprofit here in North Carolina came in to round out this partnership. And so you can vote, we offer the direct support on campuses for voter education and registration and training and materials. Um, and then NC Campus Engagement helps with the facilitation and getting people to sign on to this challenge. And All in Democracy Challenge, of course, handles the recognition of these campuses and helps them with their campus plans um, for registration and get out the vote. And so in 2022, we had 31 colleges and universities participate in our North Carolina Campus Challenge. And 16 were recognized by All In as the most engaged uh, campuses for student, student voting. We're really proud of that. But our challenge coming up for uh, 2023, as we head into the 24 challenge, um, we, have, we have a big, <laughs> a big road ahead of us. We could have photo ID that could directly impact all of our students. So um, we're wanting to, we want to leverage this 23-24 school year to get all of the students registered at the correct campus address. And if they have an election in the fall, we want them to vote. If they don't have election in the fall, we want them to vote in the primary. Um, that's the best use of our time is getting that down, get building that infrastructure and that operation to do um, registration and turnout on campuses. And then we need to make sure that they're ready for November 2024 and that they have the best practices, the updated rules, the full plan, game plan to register all the voters um, and get them out to vote uh, at the right place at the right time. Uh, most students who are turned away from voting, it's because of an incorrect voter registration form. They show up, they don't think that, they think they're registered and they're not. They show up, they're registered across the state and it's too late to fix it. Um, there's all sorts of little barriers that students who intend to vote don't make it all the way um, because of some, either something that's out of their control or someone didn't remind them um, and they missed the deadline. Um, so we're hoping to really use this and we have a, a new report coming out, a uh, campus playbook that we're going to be uh, introducing here at the end of the month. Um, and in May, we're going to be uh, shopping it around to all of our campus partners to make sure that they're ready and have the best practices for student engagement. And so some of the actions that we have lined up for folks and what our asks of people are right now uh, in April of 23 are to stay engaged. We want folks to stay engaged. We know things are going to be changing and things are, you know, kind of ugly, um, but we can't tap out. Uh, so follow our social media, sign up for our weekly e-news, our voting rights e-news, where we celebrate our volunteers, talk about our best practices, keep people up to date on what's happening in North Carolina. 
um, get trained, come to one of our trainings, see how we do training and ask others to sign up to get informed on best practices, especially if you're in North Carolina. Uh, we are working now. We're out in the field now. We're training volunteers now. We want to grow independent volunteer captains who can run events and extend our capacity. Um, so come on, sign up for our events. And we are, you know, seeking funds to sustain our civic fellows program so we can hire, we have 90 applicants for our fall fellowship um, and we're working through them and we want to bring on as many good fellows as we can because we need them. And so you can make your financial uh, support at youcanvote.org slash donate. And then, you know, get local no matter what state you are in. Um, Make sure you're paying attention to what your local board of elections is doing, what your local elections are doing. Make sure people are getting involved. And we take speaking engagements, um, educator requests. We can come talk to a group. We can do a lunch and learn. Um, we can come up to the your employees and register folks at your employment office. Um, we are a tra traveling voter educators. So, um, you know, ask us if you need something. And I think... My overall message that I've been uh, talking to volunteers about and to our staff is that we need to spread hope um, because it can seem very much overwhelming right now. So if you have hope, spread it, share it, um, use positive language when we're talking about voting. We have to remain positive and hopeful and do no harm. We really don't want to talk about, especially to voters who aren't paying as close attention as we are, we don't want to talk about all of the voter suppression and overwhelming new rules and overwhelming this because then they might tap out like you know I knew I shouldn't be participating in this anyways because it's a mess and now you've just confirmed that so we don't talk about our internal fears and exasperation necessarily with voters um, we're just helping them get registered at their address know what's coming up know where there's resources and giving them a reminder when it's time to vote that's what we really need to do so this is the time for Q&A, and here is um, one of our little yard signs uh, that we had to develop in 2020 when we couldn't talk to people <laughs> face to face. Um, so I am gladly going to take uh, questions from y'all um, for as long as as long as you need. Kate, uh, thank you so much for such a detailed um overview of what you guys are doing. And um, there was some comments in the chat about how um, helpful your your um, data from 2022 was. And of course, it's so encouraging to see that youth vote um, on its way up. So I wanted to start with the youth vote because it does seem it does seem like young voters, you know, want to get involved, want to vote. And as you've mentioned, there really is a barrier to understanding what is required of them. So can we talk a little bit more about your work in schools? Um, first of all, like, how do you how do you connect with a school district? Um, how hard has it been? What have you learned? Um, what, you know, just a little bit more about that education piece as a former educator, it's sort of a passion of mine. And we all know that civics education has been really, really defunded. So just give us a little sense of that, about getting those, getting those teenagers sort of engaged to be um, citizens. Well, luckily in North Carolina, we have pre-registration. So anyone over 16 who is a citizen, 
uh, is eligible to pre-register. And that means as soon as they are 17 and the they're eligible to vote in that next election or that next primary election, they get on the voter rolls and they get their voter registration card in the mail. And we, at the, from the beginning, have been going into high schools, um, starting in, in Durham and doing some classroom work in registration. And um, as the years have gone on, we've realized that we need more tools. Um, just someone in orange up passing out forms and talking about, yeah, that's really important. You know, we're voting this year. That wasn't quite cutting it. And, it, you know, we would get voter registration forms, but the students weren't really engaged. And so that's why um, in, in 2020, we were able to do all of the high schools in Guilford County, the third largest county in the state, uh, thankfully before the shutdown. <laughs> And we really did this in partnership with them and went into all of the classrooms and did a little, a little presentation followed by registration um, and we were getting better. And then um, when 2021 came around, I realized we really want to do something deeper. We, we, ne- we know we need localized curriculum. We want to get students really involved and excited about voting. Um, or at least sparked an interest so they would, would remember <laughs> this group that, that came and got them registered. And um, so we really started working on our curriculum in 2022 and practicing some games and our new training director, her background is in applied theater. And um, so she's helped develop these participatory games um, that, you know, teachers, their objections to giving up classroom time, you don't have to give up classroom time. Now, this is actually teaching something that you already need to teach, whether it's in your civics class, or it's in American history class, we have got you. So that 55 minutes that we're asking for doesn't seem so bad now, (laughs) because you're getting um, a check on what what the students need to know anyways. And we really, and we found that educators didn't know the right things to say for inclusive, like all of our positive messaging and we're doing no harm and we're not shaming students for not voting because they aren't eligible yet because I've heard it all in classrooms. Um, And so it's also this very big trust building thing that we have to show up, do what we say, never talk about candidates and um, really lay that foundation and those relationships that um, this is a quality program and you can trust us to never talk about politics and never like tell a student how to vote. We would never do that. Um, and so it's taken time. It's taken trust. It takes, you know, getting the new school, school context every year sometimes. Um, but we're really starting to get a lot of traction and people are inviting us into their classrooms and the students are very receptive. Um, and so uh, I, I just think it's a, a growing piece of our work that we need to hopefully (laughs) system-wide get this adopted in North Carolina. For sure. Yeah, that's great. Um, We, uh, and if they've registered unaffiliated, can they vote in the primary in North Carolina? They can. Okay. You just pick which ballot you want. Okay. So, yeah. And when you're going on to college campuses, it sounds like you're really encouraging them if they are going to register to vote in North Carolina, that they vote on election day because no, you give them the, tell us a little bit about when you're going on to college campuses and getting those first time voters. What's, what's, um, 
what's getting them there and getting them over the finish line? We have this wonderful thing called early voting in North Carolina that you can use same day registration. And so if you're not registered or you show up and you think you're registered, um, you can get registered and vote at the same time. Uh, Legislature is, of course, proposing some changes to early voting. And so we're bracing uh, for that. We're hoping that same day registration doesn't go away. That's like the fail safe. Um, So students are able to show up with and find their their dorm addresses, their campus addresses and get and get to vote at the same time. Um, That is our number one recommendation because mail voting is complex. We can't really help you (laughs) through all of those steps of that. It takes a lot of uh, steps on your own. Um, And election day voting, if you haven't got registered or you um, show up at the wrong place, your ballot either will only count partially or not count at all. And so we're really trying to get students to all show up in that early voting window when they're at campus. Um, Right now it's 17 days. So it's a long window and we, we, that's, that's our number one recommendation election day. You have to be registered and you have to go to the right place. Um, So that's, that's the work ahead of us is teaching the students. Like these are your options. And this is our number one recommendation because 99% of ballots cast during early voting count. Okay. Yeah. Um, A couple questions in the chat were about your partners on the ground. Um, Sue Mandel mentioned Democracy Works. Do you you know them? They help on the back end with voter registration. And another attendee asked about work with League of Women Voters. Uh, Who else are you partnering with? And tell us how that works. So um, Democracy Works, well, there, we haven't partnered partnered with Democracy Works and we've got a lot of partners in the democracy space, um, but our, our partners, um, we have the partners in like kind of the legal space that keep us updated on what the, is happening with the, with the um, legal cases for, for voter registration and voter ID um, and voting rights. And then the League of Women Voters is a great partner. The different chapters of the league partner with us um, in, in the Piedmont triad, they help in the high schools. Uh, we provide the facilitator, the classroom facilitator, and um, they come in and help the students with the actual registration forms. We need a few more hands on deck just to, than us. And so this is a great partnership. We partner in different ways and with different segments across different counties and different chapters of the league. We have a very great relationship uh, with them and they are our partners. Um, fantastic. So uh, I do want to go a little less hopey. Um, I like you saying and hope, but can we? Can you give us a sense of what you think might be coming in terms of changes to election law and um, <clears throat> the pivot that you think you're going to have to do? And I realize there is. Um, we have some question. We had a question in the chat about the um, Charlotte. Uh, state senator changing parties and giving the um, Republicans a supermajority. I, I understand you're nonpartisan, but it does seem to have an impact on how North Carolinians will vote. So Absolutely. not going partisan, but just would love to hear what you guys are expecting to come. Yeah, I can go negative with a smile on my face. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> So unfortunately, uh, we are in a precarious position here. Um, 
the governor was able to veto um, and keep hold the veto override um, on voting rights legislation previously before this switch. Uh, but now it gives the um, North Carolina legislature a veto-proof majority. And so whatever they want to do, unless, uh, you know, and the governor doesn't even have to sign it, which is bad because we know that we have been fighting voting attacks since 2013 after the Voting Rights Act was cut. Um, that original bill and law that they passed that was struck down as unconstitutional by the U.S. Supreme Court in 2016, it eliminated that same-day registration at early voting. It eliminated pre-registration of high school students of 16 and 17-year-olds. It eliminated out-of-precinct voting. So if you show up in the wrong place on election day, you don't, you can't even vote a provisional ballot. Ugh, photo ID, a photo ID bill, uh, a photo ID was in that bill and there was no student ID allowed. It was only government issued IDs. That was struck down, but they have clearly uh, still want to do all of those things. And so there's already um, six, I think six proposed constitutional amendments uh, for the 2024 ballot. There is, we know in 2018, the state passed on constitutional uh, ballot referendum, uh, photo ID into the state constitution. Thankfully, the courts have, have held that back and there's an injunction on the photo ID. Um, but un unfortunately, we know that the legislature, this is one of their priorities and they're having the courts revisit this. And the North Carolina State Supreme Court is now... Um, a conservative majority and is rehearing cases on photo ID and felony uh, rights reenfranchisement. Um, the, and so we're expecting rulings and on partisan gerrymandering. So we're in a very precarious situation for voting rights and democracy here in North Carolina. And I don't want to understate that. Uh, so we need help. Uh, we need help now <laughs> because North Carolina you know, it's a testing ground for a lot of these things. Um, and we are, you know, a purplish state, but we're very gerrymandered and people are frustrated. People are frustrated about not being represented and represented and, and it's, it's palpable. Uh, so we need to change things and we need to give people um, a reason to vote and to get them out there and to not let any elections slide because this is what happens when you do. And I felt like 2022 was just kind of people let North Carolina just slide and we are in it. <laughs> we, we need it. We need help. Um, the governor's race next year is going to be intense. There's someone running for governor that is openly anti-Semitic, openly anti-LGBTQ um, and you know, is pretty much the shoe in for the Republican nomination. Um, we are on the front lines fighting for our democracy. And so um, there's no there's no days off. There's no years off. Uh, and we've been going through this ever since the Voting Rights Act was cut. OK, now I'm not smiling anymore. Um, um, I'm hoping that people will bear with us for a couple more minutes because we actually have um, a You Can Vote volunteer, Meryl Jones, on the call. And um, since we just heard that very dire situation in 
um, North Carolina. Um, and we'd like to end on a little bit of positivity. Um, uh, Merrill Jones is with us and he kindly said that he'd join us and just give us a little bit of um, an insight into what he does. Um, I, it'd just be great to hear from somebody who works with um, Kate and the team at You Can Vote. So Merrill, can you, um, can you come on and just give us a two minute highlight of your work with You Can Vote? We really appreciate it. Thank you. So nice to meet you. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay. Terrific. First of all, when I found out that Kate was going to be speaking, I said, well, let me chime in. because I know I'm going to learn something. And so that's <laughs> a blessing. Um, <clears throat> also, Miss um, Briggs, I saw she kept indicating, go Duke, go Duke. And I'm making the assumption that she's a, a Duke University grad. And so I finished North Carolina Central University. When people say, well, I've never heard of North Carolina Central, I indicated there's two universities in Durham. One is Duke University, the other one is North Carolina Central University. And we all are under the UNC umbrella. I got connected with You Can Vote in partnership through the Alumni Association of North Carolina Central CEC group. That's a civic advocacy committee. And it was basically what we're doing now to get students educated and to so they'd be able to vote on campus and been with them ever since 2019. So currently, you guys touched base on a couple of things. Um, going into the high schools, um, you take an individual and kind of express that you are of, of age and that you can vote at a particular time. And they will look at you and maybe not quite understand, but at least you put that seed there for that individual. Also, I asked the question for the young, young ones, I said, does your mother and father vote? And they may not be sure. So I'll give them a fridge card to give them information on the upcoming primaries here in uh, Mecklenburg County. I said, don't lose that, take that home to your mother and father so they can know when the next election is due. Also, um, we have touched bases with uh, John C. Smith in collaboration with the Charlotte Hornets here. And so we've done voter registration on their campuses. And, and it, is, it just amazes me how enthused the youth are. Now, when it comes to a little bit of the older generation, um, that sometimes is, is kind of heartbreaking because the first thing, you know, you ask them, have you moved in the last 30 days? And you say, no. I said, well, your voting status is up to snuff. I don't vote. And then there you have to kind of rearrange how you talk and you just tell them that we're not trying to suggest to you to vote for any particular party, but you need to possibly vote. And I'll ask them if you have truth. And nine times out of 10, they say, yes, they do. I said, well, if you don't believe in voting, at least vote for your children. You know, they've got to grow up in uh, this society right now. This um, kind of questionable. I've got two grandsons that are almost two years old and both of them in daycare now. That's why I have time now on my hands to uh, help participate. And uh, I enjoy talking to uh, individuals. Um, we'll be on campus at John C. Smith this evening. Uh, Friday morning, we'll be at Mallet Creek High School. And it's just a joy. We had an event this past Sunday. And just to express the necessity to get out to vote, for whatever particular part, but mainly to let people know 
about the upcoming primary. And that's one thing I really stress to individuals. Um, we might not be in the situation we are right now if people had voted in the primaries. Plain and simple. Uh, you know, presidential race is fantastic, but everybody else is already elected. So that's basically what uh, I uh, like to participate in. My, my, my chapter, we've got a CA group that we um, indicate what's going on with our bi-monthly meeting from our national CA group. And Kate is definitely connected with uh, the alumni in, in Durham. She got on me saying that Charlotte had kind of fallen a tad bit. So we got a lot of work to do here in the Queen City. But uh, only thing we can do is just get out and, and express uh, the importance of, uh, of voting. Thank you, guys. Meryl, thank you so much. What a treat to have you. It's so nice to meet you. We really appreciate you coming and your time and your work with You Can Vote. Um, before we end, there is a comment in the chat about getting some information if you have it, like a quick something that people can use to write to their legislatures and urging them to oppose um, this legislation. Um, so if yeah. you guys have that, we can include it in the recap, which we send to everyone who, who comes to Big Tent. So I'll, I'll um, track down something from our partners. Yeah. Okay, great. We can we can add that in. Um, so Kate, thank you so much for coming to Big Tent for your incredible work in North Carolina. Please go to the website of um, You Can Vote and consider making a donation. Um, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter where we have all of our information. It's also on our website. We've got Rick and Charlie coming on April 26th, Sylvester Johnson from Vote Writers on May 2nd, and Ballotpedia on May, on May 16th. If you want to take action right now, we are phone banking in Virginia, letter writing to Ohio and Texas voters, and there's lots of other ways to counter that sinking feeling that we all have from time to time. I'm saying that with a smile like Kate, so please check out um, how you can take action right now on our website. Everyone, thank you so much for coming to Big Tent today. We'll hope to see you really soon under the tent. Kate, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Merle, for chiming in. Always good to see you. Bye, everybody. Take care.